Well, first and foremost, because we are technology heavy these days, you need to ensure that the tech you currently have isn't actually contributing to clinician burnout. Hi, I'm Marianne Bohr with Hims. Today I'm joined by Julia McGuire, Managing Director of Management Consulting at BDO USA. And today we're going to talk about how healthcare is taking on clinician burnout. And before we start, I want to say thank you to BDO for sponsoring this podcast. Julie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mariana. It's my pleasure to be here. Wonderful. Julie, I wanted to start by asking you a little bit of background about the BDO Clinician Experience Survey. BDO's 2023 Clinician Experience Survey is a survey of 153 clinician leaders, including clinical directors and executive leaders, on their organization's top clinician experience challenges and their plans to address them. The survey was fielded by HIMSS Market Insights in June and July 2023 in the United States. Now, Julie, it's no surprise that burnout is one of the top three challenges to clinician morale. If you could recommend one thing to address burnout, what would that be? That's a great question, Marianne, especially in this uh, disruptive time in healthcare. I believe the key to addressing burnout is taking a holistic look at what could be contributing to it. First, I recommend that you identify unnecessary burdens on your clinicians. And you can start by asking yourself you know, the following questions. Are your clinicians overloaded with administrative work? Are they bogged down with pajama time? Is the technology you're using supporting your clinicians or, or is it allowing them to work at the top of their license or are they looking, you know, working below their licenses? Is it really making their job easier so that they can take care of patients? I would say if you answer no to any of these questions, then you need to reassess your current technology. Another aspect of leading to morale is staffing um, and staffing models. And this is not just nursing, but uh, providers, your respiratory therapists, others in the care team. It's like, are your staffing models appropriate for your current workforce? Are you looking at flexibility, different shifting models? Are you using you know, predictive staffing models? And if so, are you using AI to power these models? Again, I think it's really critical that implementing the right technology and staffing models are key to reducing burnout. Fantastic. Now, according to your survey, Julie, turnover and understaffing are the top-sided clinician morale challenges. What's driving turnover and understaffing and how can healthcare leaders help prevent it? One of the major issues that um, we see driving understaffing is the lack of new talent in the industry, an issue that seems to be getting worse as we see fewer students studying medicine or other clinical fields such as nursing. What we believe to help address this problem is that healthcare organizations should be partnering with local schools. So not just your medical school or your nursing schools that may be in your area, but you should even explore partnerships with high schools to encourage students to join the uh, industry, make healthcare exciting again. One way to prevent turnover in addressing the staffing gaps uh, is to use automation. Anything can be automated, like registration, scheduling, bill payments, basic patient communications. That way, providers and staff can spend more time in more critical areas and do the things that they're passionate about. Rather than being stuck at their desk or working after hours, completing, you know, quote unquote, paperwork, since most everything's electronic this day. What we saw in the report uh, in the survey that what leaders, clinicians in the industry are going to do to help boost morale in the next 12 months was implementing new systems to improve effectiveness 
and efficiency, meeting with clinicians, which I think is fantastic to truly gain an understanding of their needs and investing in clinician mental health resources. So I thought that was great that our clinician leaders and organizations are, are understanding truly what a clinician needs. Absolutely. Especially the mental health support, I think is so important. So what's the role of technology in improving clinician morale? Well, first and foremost, because we are technology heavy these days, you need to ensure that the tech you currently have isn't actually contributing to clinician burnout. If your technology is ineffective or poorly integrated or inefficient, it can be something that is adding to the burden um, to clinicians that are using it. Once you have established that you do have the, the right technology, you need to focus on using it to help clinicians better serve patients. I find it similar to the five rights of medications administration. And for those of you who don't know, it's the right patient, the right drug, the right time, the right dose, and the right route. But in this case, I would say it's like the three rights of technology. You need to put the right data in front of the clinician at the right time so they can act on it and do the right thing for their patients. We know that a lot of times our healthcare leaders think the answer is to, to implement the new technology that comes that's going to save the cumbersome workflows but they don't necessarily stop to consider what is the adoption process? What does that really look like for a clinician? If you are exploring a new technology, um, definitely believe it's critical and crucial to involve your clinical team or members of your clinical informatics team in the process from start to finish. So from selection or identifying the problem all the way to sustaining once you've implemented. That way you can be confident you're choosing the right system. It's being implemented correctly and you have enough buy-in to ensure adoption, realizing that true value of the investment that you've made, both from a financial and a quality outcomes perspective. We did see that clinician leaders are going to be using digital solutions as one of their top three ways to combat clinician moral uh, morale challenges. So again, it's very important that it's just not throwing technology on the problem, but really looking and ensuring the right use of technology. Right. I'm glad to hear that. I know that's a I hear a lot of people saying that, you know, technology will fix it. So speaking of technology, right now, everyone is talking about generative AI, you know, where to use it, how it can make jobs easier. Where do you see generative AI offering the most lift in healthcare? Well, a lot has been said about generative AI. It's on every commercial when you're watching t uh, TV <laughs> and all the articles that we're seeing from a healthcare perspective. Mm -hmm. And we know there's been a lot of focus in recent times on supporting administrative and back office tasks, such as in the RCM space, revenue cycle space. However, you know, from my perspective as a nurse uh, and a, a practicing provider in the past is to support actual care delivery. There's a significant opportunity for generative AI to enhance clinical decision support, remote patient monitoring and clinical diagnostics which we have seen you know, over the years with mammography, but really expanding on the use there. However, uh, with any new technology and what we're seeing in other industries, the healthcare organizations do need to be cautious in how they deploy generative AI, especially in the realm of clinical decision support. An organization really needs to take the right steps to mitigate the risk of AI hallucinations, mitigating any AI biases, especially when this comes to patient care. It's also crucial to keep a human in the loop. So keeping that clinician in the loop to ensure that AI is working the way it's supposed to. And still a clinician needs to make the final decisions in care based on suggestions that AI may have. So not taking the human you know, thought processes out 
but having AI help in driving solutions or driving answers quicker. I do believe that AI could give clinicians the support they need to get patients high quality care more quickly, which offers clear benefits for both clinicians and the patients. Benefits include things like improved patient outcomes, patient satisfaction, and enabling the clinician, instead of looking at the computer or being distracted by other technologies, spending more quality time with their patient, that one-on-one contact and conversation. I see. Now, if a healthcare organization is interested in adopting generative AI, uh, where do you think they should start and what kind of common mistakes should they avoid? One area, and this is something that we've seen recently with our clients, is really looking at where an organization is with their data governance and where are they on the maturity curve for data governance. While we see healthcare organizations have invested a lot in digital solution over the years, advanced technologies, they have a lot of access to a lot of data. And, and they do have some, you know, they, they are, they're managing who has the right to access the data, for example, but they, they just don't have that data governance structure that's mature and formal. We do need them to align on key definitions for their data. For example, as an organization, have you agreed on which heart rate field from the various systems that are inputted into your enterprise data warehouse? Which heart rate are you going to use in your AI models? Have you all agreed on what the definition of asthma is and how it's coded? Is it a one-time diagnosis of wheezing or is it true ICD-9 code of asthma? Who's your data stewards? Who's responsible for the data and aligning on those definitions? You have to get that alignment throughout the organization. Otherwise, you won't be able to have standardized data that support mature AI models. Absolutely. It's very important. Now, uh, changing course a bit, how do you think healthcare organizations can re-engage patients? What we saw in the study to talk about patient engagement is that our clinicians stated that they're seeing increasing complications from other comorbidities, uh, deferral of care. We know that they're having efforts and, and problems with encouraging patient compliance and continue to have challenges with patient scheduling. So how I think an organization can re-engage with patients is really improving access to care. It's still a fundamental for healthcare systems across our country. It's extremely difficult to engage with a clinician. It's only easy if you know somebody in the industry, and we probably all know this because we're in the industry, and sometimes it's not even easy then when you know somebody. We encouraged uh, to make it easier for patients to engage and interact, make your patient appointments online, make uh, tactics like self-scheduling easy, like other industries have done, like the airline industry, like your your sales industry. What are you doing to make it simplistic for, for your patients? It's crucial that patients can access care. There's a barrier to seeing a clinician. They may miss out on key preventative care which may come when your patients do show up, they have more acute conditions, they may have more progressive conditions, which is what our respondents stated, and they come and show up with multiple comorbidities. I see. I wanted to ask you one more question. If you could leave our audience with just one piece of advice, what would it be? Well, we've talked a lot about, you know, technology, and we've talked about, you know, patient engagement, but fundamentally, as a healthcare person, member of the healthcare industry, we know that 
organizations are overwhelmed with economic instability. We know they're overwhelmed with margin erosion, the labor problems that we discussed earlier and more. It's times like this that we all remember why we're here, and that is taking care of patients. It's why you're part of working with HIMSS. It's why I do what I do. We need healthcare leaders to continue to be obsessed with taking care of their patients, taking care of you, me, our loved ones. And for every business decision, whether they're deciding you know, on a new clinical decision tool, they're going forward with AI implementation, they're putting in a new ERP, they're looking at a new EHR, they need to ask themselves, will this decision benefit our patients? Will it help us better serve our patients? This kind of thinking, I believe, and decision-making will help support clinicians in caring for their patients. Finally, I just believe it's crucial that you're making sure your patient population is getting the right care at the right time. Absolutely. Well, Julie, thank you so much for joining us today. And thanks for sharing your insights with us. Thank you, Marianne. It's been my pleasure. And a special thanks to BDO for sponsoring this podcast. Have a fantastic rest of your day. 